This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand that some of our opinions will not be shared with many people and hope you can still bear with us in order to hear amazing Wisconsin-based stories. We are not licensed therapists or able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source materials included for each episode. Now Now on on to to the the show. Welcome back to All the Sins of Wisconsin. I am Fallon and I am here with Mims. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. We are here. We're shining. Yeah, you look very beautiful, like glowing today. Oh, thank you. Um, my, bad is, my back is all beat up because I just got my back tattoo and I feel um, like my my skin is raw. So I'm just hanging in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to bring up this show that I've been watching, um, Under the Banner of Heaven. Have you heard or seen it? I have not. Oh my gosh. Um, what is it on? Hulu. Okay. It is amazing. Andrew Garfield is in it, and I didn't know that I loved Andrew Garfield until this show. <laughs> He does such a good job as the detective, and I, I promise this is not a plug. Like we get nothing from this. It's just I, I go so much. We are not getting paid by TV shows yet. <laughs> no, we're not that. Um, but if you want to, here we are. Um, uh, yeah, basically it goes into like a story um, within the LDS church. Um, so if you guys don't know what LDS, is, um, the Mormon. Um, community, you know, religion, um, and it's it's a true crime. It's based on a true crime novel, and it was um, made into a series. It's beautifully done. The acting is great, and the story is just on point. So, really good. I highly recommend it. It sounds very interesting. Yeah, and I learned a lot of things that I didn't know about the LDS religion too like I didn't know anything of how like it was founded which they go over kind of but like in a storyline I didn't know that they can't like drink caffeine or like smoke cigarettes or like anything like that Um, no alcohol well for sure Um, but I didn't know about like the the no tea no coffee and like no soft drinks I did not know about that I didn't know about that either Mm-hmm. So a lot of these things I'm like picking up on just by being interested in the story itself. So pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Let's actually plug our own stuff that we got going on. Um, the convention okay. that is coming up uh, very quickly, uh, August 19th and the 20th. We will be in Champaign, Illinois. Um, it's going to be the dark history and horror convention um there's gonna be a lot of cool people there uh we'll be there if you want to see our faces yes come see us yeah uh anything else that you would like to add i think that's about it for today i don't have any new news or anything exciting today okay so i hate to bring you back here but we are going to continue with the bone breaker this are we done breaking bones um sit tight 
<laughs> oh no. <laughs> All right, let's jump right back in with the trial. Um, so investigators uncovered evidence while going through Joseph's home, which included a school notebook, which listed names of a dozen local boys, being some that Thad actually knew. Uh, the boys' names were in columns detailing whether or not Clark could kidnap them and what he could do to them if he was able to hold them hostage as well. So part of this also contained 29 names. So 29 kids and the columns were labeled as can wait get to now and the leg thing part of the list included a column titled the leg thing suggesting he intended to mangle his future victims with the same methods methods used on thad phillips so he definitely had a fetish with breaking the legs of people um, which i've never heard of before um definitely a kink that he had. So Joseph admitted that he had taken Thad, but insisted he just wanted to hang out with him. How do you hang out Mm -hmm. with someone and break every single bone in their body? You know, he claimed that he was abused by somebody that he loved. Like he thinks like pain in relationships is normal. We'll get to just a little synopsis on him, um, but that's, yeah, no, he wasn't abused no. like that. Um, no, okay. But that would make sense. But this that would make sense, but they don't always make sense. No, this, this guy is just pure evil is what I've gathered. So um, he claimed that he had no recollection although he admitted to doing it and he stated that he kind of just blacked out. So I think it was just a lot of like trying to distance himself, distance himself away from what he actually did. Um, which is another thing that I know frustrates you and frustrates me is that if you can do it then you can fucking say it. Yes. So that testified to things that Joseph had told him during abduction and he Basically, like when I started this off, he said that he's done this before. So he admitted to torturing two other boys in Baraboo, Wisconsin in 1994. Um, One was 14-year-old Christian Steiner, who disappeared from his home on July 4th, just like that. So let's pivot to Chris Steiner's story now. So like I mentioned before, this is a mini story within this story. So like I said, Chris lived in Baraboo and was 14 years old. He just started a new job and had a shift uh, on the morning of his disappearance. So his parents went to his room to wake him up at 6.15 a.m., but was shocked to see that nobody was in the room. Uh, Chris's father told police that he checked on his son the night before at 10 p.m. and he was asleep in his bed, leaving him very confused on why or how he could have not been there you know, a few hours after he checked on him late at night. Right. Uh, And unfortunately, his father peeking in to see how Chris was doing at 10 p.m. at night was the very last time he saw his son alive. Investigators then searched the property for Chris and for evidence. They noticed that a screen to the ground floor bedroom window had been slashed and muddy footprints were found throughout the inside of the house. Um, and the second ground floor patio doors were unlocked, leaving them to believe that that was the point of entrance. 
Um, but before they jumped to that conclusion, his parents and the police then began to think that he just kind of snuck off in the night and, you know, he was young. Maybe he went to go see a girl on um, 4th mm-hmm. of July and he could have wanted to go to a party and maybe he just lost track of track of time and just, you know, ended up sleeping over at wherever he was and just failed to make it back home. Right. But hours turned into days. And at this point, um, they no longer shared the thought as he did not return. So then panic set in. On July 10th, though, a body was found in the Wisconsin River. After examining the body through dental records, it was confirmed that the body in the river was of Chris Steiner. And they had to do it off of dental records because the body was so badly decomposed and bloated for many days in the water. Although his body was found, it left everyone with so many more questions. Um, you'd think that it would offer some sort of um, like clarity, but um, they thought, how did he end up here? Was it an accidental drowning? Did he actually sneak out of the house and something just went wrong? Was he in the river the entire time or was he placed there at some point? Just a lot of unanswered questions. Right. Due to not being able to go over the body, the it as drowning and the matter as undetermined. Uh, his story was a mystery until a year later in which Thad endured what Chris endured. Authorities at that time believed someone kidnapped Christian, uh, but there was no known suspects at the time. Upon the initial discovery of his body, medical examiners determined that he drowned. However, after Thad's and Joseph was in custody, they exhumed Chris's body and found injuries on his ankles identical to Thad's. They didn't notice that originally? Mm-mm. No. Okay, it was, I'll need to do it here. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, just look at everything before yeah. you wash your hands of it, you know? Yeah, don't make any assumptions. Right. It was determined that his mangled legs had prevented him from swimming. So um, uh, basically mm-hmm. a picture where he was held by uh, Joseph. He was tortured. He, he did the leg thing and he threw him in the, in the water, um, still alive. And he couldn't swim. He couldn't fend for himself and bring himself out of the water. So he drowned. That's terrible. Uh, yeah. And I know I'm, I I mentioned that he stated that he did this to two other boys in Baraboo. This is the only one that came to light. So um, we don't know any other boy that this happened to. And I don't think he's lying. So I think there is somebody else out there that was brutally tortured. Right before Thad could testify, a 14-year-old boy by the name of Michael Hubish, Hubish shot Dad in the back. And Dad was not critically injured from the wound, but the, it delayed the trial. And honestly, we live in a world where the victim of a horrendous crime was inflicted on him over and over again, and he was the one who was shot in open court. Let's just think about that for a second. So- Wow. That- 
just blew my mind. Yep. So Joseph was charged with attempted uh, first degree intentional homicide, causing great bodily harm to a child, mayhem. Um, and that was with the intent to disable or disfigure, uh, causing mental harm to a child and child enticement. Uh, he pleaded no contests and not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect. And his defense attorney argued that since he was, here's going back to his childhood, um, he was adopted and that his biological mother was a heavy drug user throughout her pregnancy with him that it caused mental defects along with a head injury he had on a bike crash a year before this took place. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's what made him do all of this. I've been through more than that. Uh, I, I mean, haven't we all? Come on. So the jury was like, nope, and did not buy the insanity defense. Um, so which the injury could have made him into the monster because we do see a lot of the times that somebody is completely normal and all of a sudden they are hit in the head with extreme trauma and then they are not who they are anymore. Um, but he was still found guilty anyways and received a hundred year sentence because fuck that guy. Yes, fuck him. And for his other victim, Chris Steiner, and Joseph was charged with first degree homicide mayhem causing great bodily harm to a child and joseph then pled not guilty to that he was however found guilty of all the charges and received a life sentence with no parole for 60 years uh and it is said that joseph clark maintains he has no memory of what he did to that and claims he is completely innocent of chris's death he later attempted to appeal some of his convictions based on a lack of evidence. But the district court said, fuck you, and dismissed the case. He, Did they find that in his house? Absolutely. So how is he going to say he didn't do it? How did he get in your house with all these injuries? This is a man that breaks bones. Okay? The laws of him. reason left him. You know? He is... Mm -hmm. he is like you and I. <laughs> He's making me angry. <laughs> I don't blame you. So he's currently sitting at a correctional institution. And you know what I found odd is that Joseph's brother was the one who lured Thad back to their home and he didn't even receive any sort of like accessory charge or anything else like that. Did you catch that? I didn't catch that. No. Yeah, which is strange to me because, I mean, he could have been afraid of his brother himself. And I'm surprised that he wasn't a victim of his brother as well. Maybe he had some sort of boundaries, which, yeah, which definitely then, because if you can distinguish right from wrong, you don't do this to your brother, but you do this to a stranger, then you're not insane. Right. Well, and if you plot it all out and determine who's a good victim, a candidate to be a victim ahead of time, that's not insanity. That's a well thought out crime. Exactly. So I didn't find the background very However, even if I did, 
this episode isn't about justice. It's, and any episodes we do are not about the criminal, not about the murder, it's not about the rapist. It's about the victim, the survivor, and mm -hmm. that's for this. So let's leave my part on a positive note. Um, Dad Phillips went through many, many surgeries and long-term medical care to help him walk again. And by the grace of the universe, he regained his ability to walk with the limp. So he is up and at it now. He also did end up suing and winning the lawsuit against Joseph and was awarded 31566 in medical damages and $6 million in compensated income for, for damages for pain and suffering by Salt County Circuit Court Judge Virginia Wolfie. Uh, Joseph may have thought that he was bigger and badder and stronger than Thad, but his experience taught him a life lesson of strength and determination. And yeah. that is just a champion and an amazing person as in a survivor and nobody could bring him down. Yeah, that's strength to get out of that situation and to go on and live his life. That's amazing. Yeah. So that is the story of um, Dad Phillips and um, all that he endured by uh, at the hands of Joseph, who was known as the Bone Breaker. Great job on your gruesome story. Thank that you. Made my bones hurt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, we have we we do a lot of these, so we got to just power through it. Right. Well, on today's episode, I'm taking a break from gruesome cases. All right. And good. I'm going to cover a different kind of mystery today. I'm going to talk about some haunted roads in Wisconsin. Okay. You know how many haunted roads are in Wisconsin? It's like an unlimited amount of haunted roads. Gosh, here we go. <laughs> I'm going to talk about three of them. And my sources today are popsugar.com, uh, Wikipedia, dangerousroads.org. So if you want to hear about all dangerous roads everywhere, you can go on there. Okay. The ghostinmymachine.com, roadtrippers.com, <laughs> and wisconsinfrights.com. Isn't that a great website name? The ghost in my machine. I yeah. love, I love that. I love it too. So the first haunted road that I want to talk about today is Boy Scout Lane. Have you ever heard this story? No, not at all. All right. So there are many different versions of the story which lead to the haunting of this small road in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. But they all begin about the same. A Boy Scout troop once was on a bus headed to a camping adventure this is said to have took place somewhere in the 50s or 60s, but then something went terribly wrong. Okay. And what exactly went wrong depends on who you ask. Some people say that the bus driver went mad and killed everyone, all of the boys on the trip and the leaders and himself. Wow. One person Other against people, huh? Yeah, that's one version of the story. Another say that it was the troop leader who went mad and killed everyone. And then yeah. he hung himself from a tree. Wow. 
In other stories, the deaths are less nefarious. In one story, the bus caught fire and everyone aboard died. In another version, the children disappeared one by one until there was no one left. And for some reason, that was the scariest version of the story to me. Like, murder, I understand. But could you imagine? You're just like, there's 20 of you. And then, like, one by one, your friends just vanish? Uh, yeah. If I looked over and I just seen people vanishing, I'd be like, I don't want to vanish. <laughs> right? And what do you do if you can't see what's making people vanish? That really right. freaked me out. Yeah. But the next one said that the boys were wandering through the woods and that one of them dropped a lantern and the woods caught fire and it killed everyone but two of the boys. And the two who didn't die in the fire eventually died from starvation and from the elements. Okay. But no matter which story you believe, the end result is the same. The boy spirits were never able to cross over due to the tragic nature of their death. So now they forever haunt the place where they died. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing is people say that none of these stories are true. There's no record of a murder or a fire or any other tragic death at this location. People say that it's all fiction. The name they say came from the fact that the Boy Scouts were going to be purchasing that stretch of land to have like a Boy Scout camp there, but that they never actually completed the purchase for whatever reason. I'm sure it didn't have anything to do with 20 Boy Scouts dying. Right. But no matter what the truth is, people don't really care, especially the people that witnessed the hauntings. They don't care that people say these stories aren't true. Because people regularly go out there and witnesses have reported a feeling of foreboding and being watched. Mm. Um, they've heard sticks cracking around them in the woods. They've seen white and red lights flashing around them, like lantern swinging or like flashlights. Mm. Others have seen ghostly figures and ghost buses. So what would you do if you saw a ghost bus? Uh, I would probably check myself in somewhere. <laughs> I'd be like, no, ghost people, I'm seeing ghost buses. Like, do you understand what I'm seeing? Like a whole bus. And I would imagine it's like full of kids. Oh, yeah. On this ghost bus. Yeah. So this part is really freaky to me too. There's reports that people who stop on the road in the area where the kids are said to have died end up with little kid handprints on their windows. I don't like the kid stuff, like the kid ghost that really creeps me out. Yeah, I don't know that I would go out there trying to find these ghosts. What if there's just like 20 little angry Boy Scout ghosts running around the woods? I'm really surprised because usually you're like all over that shit. It's too many kids. Yeah, it's a lot of kids. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Then the next one is located right by here. So maybe oh. the whole damn area is just haunted. Yeah. And this one is the Bloody Bride Bridge. 
Mm. And this bridge is officially known as the Highway 66 Bridge. It's located near Jordan Park in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. And according to the stories, a couple were on their way to their wedding when they experienced a tragic car accident. It was a rainy night or day. Who knows? Because it was the 40s or 50s. We don't have any actual records. Mm-hmm. And there's some kind of so there's some kind of tragic car accident and the bride ends up dying. In some versions, the groom also died. But in most of the stories, his fate isn't discussed at all. And in some versions, he wasn't even in the car with her because it seemed odd to me that they're driving to their wedding together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you make a good point. Yeah, that. Yeah, unless it was just like a, a non-ceremonial type of wedding where it's like, whatever. We're yeah. gonna... Anyways, but that's not typical. Yeah, you're right. Like we're going to the court, <laughs> but right. she was in a dress. So I don't know. <laughs> So shortly after her death, the distraught bride began walking back and forth on the bridge in her bloody wedding gown. I don't like that. No. And it said that um, on rainy days and nights, it's even easier to see her. So if you want to find her, find a rainy night, go on the Highway 66 bridge, and then you can drive over to the Boy Scout Lane and get harassed by some ghost children. That's your jam. Um, One of the freakiest stories is a police officer was driving down the road. And I believe this was like right after the accident. And what happened was he believed he struck a woman. Like it was rainy. He's driving. He hit some. She appears in front of him. He hits her. Yeah. He stops his car, panicked that he just killed someone. Right. And he gets out of the car to go render aid to her, and there's nobody there. Wow. Like, it must have been so real for him to actually feel like he hit somebody. That is just crazy to me. Right. So he gets back in his car, wondering, like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. I just hit this lady in her wedding gown in the rain. Why she's in her wedding gown in the rain, I don't know. Right. And then he looks at his rearview mirror and she's in the back seat. <gasps> no. <laughs> what would you do? Ah, uh, I don't know. I would just think I'm losing it or something. I I like scream. That's, that's your conclusion to all the ghost stories. <laughs> losing it. <laughs> losing it. <laughs> and other people say if you go there and you stop on the bridge and you look in the or they said don't stop directly on the bridge because you don't want to like get hit by other cars but if you stop like right after you pull off right after the bridge and you look in your rear view mirror you can see her in your back seat that one i am willing to try mm, mm. i will not Do you want to go with me I, <laughs> I will not partake in this i'm not having some bloody wedding woman just come after me (laughs) i'm not for that no Mm. okay i guess i go by myself oh see i don't support that (laughs) i was watching a youtube video of people investigating at the bridge and then they're like looking at each other like there's a ghost here 
I'm like, I think we got what we needed to know. We know there's a ghost here. Let's go. I like that. That's that all. Totally, they're like, that would totally, that would totally be us. We're like, yes, we're gonna do this, and then we get there, and then the ghost is there, and then we're like, fuck this. We saw the ghost. We can say it's real. We're going home. I don't need any further information. That's all I would need. That's all I need. <laughs> right. So. So, let's see. And apparently this bridge is just weird in general. So other people that have crossed the bridge have not witnessed seeing the bride, but they get a really weird feeling when they cross the bridge and they see like a ghostly fog there really often. And others have seen weird rock formations in the middle of the bridge like rock formations just appear in the middle of the bridge like hmm. that's the new one yeah that is and then the next one is j road in the town of boltonville hmm. in this section of road is said to be really creepy in general even when if when or if it's not haunted it's just always cold and dark and damp no okay. matter like how hot and sunny it is in the rest of the world weird yeah super weird and a part of the road goes over a swamp so sometimes this section of road that goes over the swamp ends up being closed due to ice and flooding. And this story starts with early one morning, a woman was jogging when she was struck by a vehicle. Mm. A drunk, they say a drunk driver was either unable to see her or couldn't stop in time to avoid hitting her. There's no shoulder on the road right here. Mm. Yeah, that's tragic. And then when she was struck, her body fell into the swamp and was never recovered. Oh, come on. I know. And it's unclear whether or not the authorities were contacted as different versions of the story say different things. I'm hoping that the authorities were contacted or how do we know it was a drunk driver? Or does that just, like, was that the assumption? Maybe he called himself in. Because that's what I would conclude. That's true. I'm drunk. I don't know what happened. Yeah. And so supposedly when you drive down this road, a haze will appear in front of your headlights. And then as you get closer to where this haze is, a woman in a jogging suit appears and she jogs in front of your your vehicle for about 50 feet. And then she turns to face you as you hit her. Oh, oh. Yeah, Yeah. that's definitely her then. And some say her head appears in the vehicle before she disappears. And others say she just like comes up on the hood and then she vanishes. None of this is okay. I would probably have a heart attack and end up in the swamp myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this can lead to more swamp people, more swamp ghosts. And I don't think that that's, I'm not. Maybe she's lonely. You think she wants more swamp people? Is that what I'm understanding? I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. Could be. Who are we to know what goes on in the swamp? I don't know. 
I think if I was a ghost, I wouldn't want to be alone, but I don't think I'd want to kill people to get company either. Uh, unless see how mad I am when I'm dead, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You might change your tune. I might. I might just be a really angry ghost. Yeah. And then some people say if you're driving down the road during the day and you have to stop your car, I don't know if it's because of traffic or if like the flooding makes it go down to one lane, but there's some kind of scenario that makes people have to stop on this road. There's something that happens that'll make your car die. Your car will stop running. You will just be stuck there until something random decides that you can drive again. That's so weird. And people say this happens because she's trying to let you know that she needs to be put to rest. Oh, man, that's sad. It is. Because it's so sad that they never found her. Right, right. And she's just in the swamp. Yeah, can we go look in this? I guess she's probably all, like, decomposed by now. Yeah, can we get her bones out and put them somewhere so she can sleep instead of haunting people? Yeah. I don't maybe, think she wants to be in the swamp. Maybe we can make that our mission. We're going to go to the swamp. <laughs> We're swamp people now. Oh my God. Hold on. No worries. And then there's another story about the same road, which I thought was really interesting. And this story is of an old woman who lived on J Road with her numerous cats. She's in the house with her cats, minding her business, but you know how teenagers are. Some local teenagers used to regularly harass her, and then one day they escalated, and they set her house on fire. Who is raising these fucking demons? Like, what is wrong with them? I really don't know. And the story has it that her house burns the ground with her cats inside. Oh, come on. I know. And the people, the local people in town don't seem to remember her house burning down. They say that this is just a legend, that this never happened. However, somebody that was renting a house in the area said that they did find a home that had been burned down to its foundation on the property. They're like, yes, it did happen. This house was burnt down. I saw it. Right. And not, and not only that, but if you're driving down J Road and you don't see the lady from the swamp, there is ghosts of burning cats running down the road. Oh, man. That's terrible. And it is. And then the renters at this near the burned down house said that they've encountered different apparitions and they've had cats appear in their house that aren't really there. Could you imagine you just have like a ghost pet? I would like to have a ghost pet. Oh, I yeah. I would have to feed it or take it outside. Yeah, just like the, the companionship without the responsibilities. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I don't want them to be on fire, though. No, no, absolutely not. No. Just like a cute little kitten. I want to be allergic to it. So it's a mm. ghost. Right. Yeah. So those are my three haunted roads. There's lots more if people are interested in that. One day we should like do a tour. Oh, I would love to do a tour, but um, I don't know. I think (laughs) I'd say that now, but I feel like I may not commit. So (laughs) 
<laughs> you're gonna back out at the end yeah <laughs> like in the back seat with a blanket and your eyes covered that would be me that would be me um, i'm like running around chasing the ghost screaming like i found it <laughs> i wouldn't let you not be near me though that's the thing like i would need to not be alone if i'm gonna be doing this so almost oh, so you're gonna be chasing me around too <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Be chasing you, you'll be chasing the ghosts, and it'll just be a whole loop. <laughs> like on Scooby Doo. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. <laughs> I forgot to mention my sources. So let me just quick say that, and then we can say our I love yous. So okay. I got from Ranker, Medium, Arrest Facts, MSN News, and Google Groups. Great job. I'm glad you, there wasn't a lot of bone breaking in your story today. I think I, I kind of glazed over it and just kind of um, made it broad. But uh, yes, there was many bone, bro oh my God, bones that broke and um, it was pretty bad. So yeah. All right. We love you guys. We do. Have a great week. Bye. Yeah, Bye. All the Sins of Wisconsin was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Fallon and Mims. Thank you so much to all of our listeners, supporters, friends, and family that continually allow us to do what we love. If you love our show as much as we love you, please give us a glowing rating and review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we are up to and email us your sinner tales at allthesinsofwi at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins of Wisconsin are available for free wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't, don't forget, forget, we love, love you. you.